Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is March 18th, I think, <laughs> the day after St. Patrick's Day. It's where did I park my car day? Yeah, we are in green to celebrate. Unfortunately, I did not release any video yesterday on Post to Post that was uh, St. Patrick's Irish or green related, or really any video in general because I was busy doing other stuff, working on other projects. But we are here for the podcast, and this is our first hockey version of the podcast uh, in two weeks. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's been a it's been a little while. Mm-hmm. We have uh, a lot to talk about, a lot of interesting storylines uh, in the past two weeks, in the last week specifically. And uh, you know what? We're close to the playoffs. We're very close. Some teams have 10 games left. That's it. That's right. And we'll discuss which of those teams later on. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, what we usually do is I've made so, I make some notes, Brent makes some notes, we go through mine, we go through his, and uh, sometimes we have off-topic conversations at the end of the podcast. I don't think we have anything off-topic lined up for the end of this. Nothing lined up, but sometimes it just goes there. Yeah. Um, so if you're familiar with this podcast, then you know that I always talk about the streaks. I want to talk about the streaks first this time, if that's okay with you. That's fine with me. So totally fine. the streaks are really interesting because I've stopped, in, like, I would not count a loss if they got a loser point, but from now on, I'm going to count if they, like, if you get a loser point, you lost. I don't care if you get a point, it's, I'm still going to count it as a loss. So that kind of changes things as far as uh, losing streaks. But on the winning side, we have Columbus at seven games, seven game winning streak. And that's huge because they're right on the brink of of making the playoffs. They're in that last wildcard spot, I believe. They're in the first one. Oh, they must have passed New Jersey, did they? New Jersey's only one point behind in the second one. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really, that's, I mean, those, that seven game winning streak is massive because Florida is right there with games in hand. Uh, these are games that Columbus needed to win, so that's big. Uh, and yeah, Florida lost one of those games in hand yeah, last they, night. Yes, they did. Or yeah. yesterday afternoon. Uh, so that's, that's devastating for Florida. That mm. puts them five points out. That's going to be tough. Are there really five points out? Five points out now, yeah. Wow. Uh, San Jose, four-game winning streak. Washington, four-game winning streak. Toronto, four-game winning streak. Mm -hmm. The Devils, three-game winning streak. Nashville, three-game winning streak. Every other team has a two-game winning streak or worse. (laughs) So I only do the, the up to three. On the losing side of things, do you know what team has or is on the uh, longest losing streak at the moment? I do. Who is it? The, the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. Nine games. Nine, Nine games. Detroit, you're not doing my Canadians any favors here. <laughs> As a Canadians fan, I'm trying to get my team to, to get a good pick, and yeah. you're really not the, helping. The whole point of tanking is that the other people don't tank, only you tank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if everyone's tanking, it's no fun. <laughs> uh, Vancouver was six. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's also not helping the Canadians pick situation. No. Dallas. I've lost four. Straight. Yeah. They've lost to Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, and someone else on this road trip, I believe. And this is so grim because they are literally hanging on to the last wild card spot with their fingernails. And there are a whole bunch of teams that sitting there with 84 points, and one of those teams is not going to make the wild card. Yeah. And that might be Dallas right now. It might be. St. Louis is right there, but St. Louis is struggling as well, mm-hmm. although they've actually started to play a little bit better as of the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's close. And then uh, Carolina has lost three as well. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate because they were right on the brink of making it. And now they think they're 
six or seven points back. Uh, they're 11 points back. 11 points? They're 11 points back. That's correct. They have 71 points, and uh, the lowest wild card is 82. Wow. In New Jersey. So they're done. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, this is not hockey-related. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll know that there's a significant quality difference to the previous podcasts, and that's because uh, after six months of saving up Patreon contributions, uh, we finally got uh, the camera that we uh, wanted. It's uh, a camcorder. I've released an unboxing video of that on more post to post if you haven't seen it. Right. But this is going to be our uh, dedicated camera from now on. It's solving so many issues. So a big, huge thank you to anyone who's con contributed on uh, Patreon. And if you plan on contributing to Patreon in the future, uh, thank you in advance because uh, the mics, these mics are, are the next mm -hmm. the next upgrade. These are really cheap $30 mics from Amazon. And uh, they don't have any limiters or anything like that. And no. your mic is like twice as the volume as mine. It's just, yeah. it's it's a bit of a mess. They sound okay for $30. And but For $30, yeah. bucks, i am quite impressed yeah. with how good they do sound. But uh, having worked with... Uh, real professional equipment in the exactly. past, uh, it'd be nice to have something a little better. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, two mics that are the same. Your mic is different than mine. Mm -hmm. I, I'm always changing your bass levels and stuff, and these arms, I'll just, like, yeah. if I move it, you can hear that, and so yeah. the the upgrades will come slowly over time, but uh, this, is, uh, this is your guys' channel. I mean, it, I own the channel, but when I look at all these jerseys behind me, and if you're if you're just listening, obviously you can't see this, but if you've watched any post post videos, you'll know what I'm talking about. All these jerseys behind me, they aren't, I don't see them as mine. No. I see them as theirs because this is, I feel like this is their channel. A lot of these jerseys were sent in by them. So it's really a community thing. So I, like, I don't even feel like that, I own that camera because it's, it's part of post to post It's part of yeah. them. They did it. This is their channel, kind of thing. So yeah, we're just the. Uh, I'm just a facilitator. The custodians of the museum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and hopefully the video quality increase will be something that's apparent to the viewer. Hmm. I don't have a really good eye for this stuff, so I may not notice it as much as other people who have better color perception and things like that. But mm -hmm. you've you've already said that you can notice right away how much better this camera is handling our lighting and. Yeah, and it, it the the main upgrade is. Well, there's, there's two reasons. Number one, battery life. There's no, I don't have to worry about battery because I can power that with externally. So I don't have to worry about charging batteries or anything like that. Number two, I can record for longer than 30 minutes and not have to worry about the camera stopping like my DSLR did. So mm -hmm. that means mail time videos can be as long as they need to be uh, without awkward cuts. Uh, Q&As can be as long as they need to be. If we have a great conversation, we don't have to worry about time. We can actually just focus on having the conversation. So that's huge. So. And this doesn't have to be filmed with a GoPro anymore. Exactly. <laughs> so that's a big upgrade for the podcast. Yeah. All right. Back to hockey. Right. Uh, <laughs> as you can tell, we're not professionals. We're all over the place. Uh, so the teams that, that uh, have 10 games left, which I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Toronto, Columbus, the Rangers, Montreal, Minnesota, San Jose, Los Angeles, Dallas, Anaheim, Calgary, Chicago, and Vancouver all have only 10 games left. By the time you hear this, some of this will have changed because we're filming this at 1.20 p.m. on a Sunday. This won't release until uh, tonight, Sunday night. And uh, some of you may not even listen to this until Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So mm -hmm. it's going to change a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty remarkable how close we are to the playoffs. Like it, I, 
I can't even believe it almost. Like I feel like the season just started. I remember talking about Derek Dorsett. That's his name, right? Yeah, that's his name. Mm-hmm. From Vancouver. And he got like, this is at the beginning of the season. He got like 11 goals in six games or something like that. And it was just great to see that happen to his career. And then like a month later, he retired because of a concussion or mm-hmm. something like that. Or I can't remember what it was. But that seems like forever ago. But at the same time, it just feels like yesterday. Yeah. So it's it's been a weird been a weird year but it, it's really hard to believe that the playoffs are so close mm-hmm. and i'm very excited because round one of the playoffs in my personal opinion is the most exciting round of the playoffs because you get hockey back to back every single night i love the stanley cup finals but sometimes you have to wait like two or three days in between games and it's frustrating so the first round is like drinking out of a fire hose yeah, yeah. like it's just impossible to follow it all yeah it it, is. it's great it's on every channel up here uh, in Canada, anyway, it's on every channel. I just want to touch on the Calgary Flames really quickly. Mm-hmm. They have 81 points. They are, I think, three points out of a playoff spot, or at least they're three points out of being in a five-way tie with L.A., Dallas, uh, Anaheim, and Colorado. Yeah, my, my data says four points, but uh, they have 80 points, and the others all have 84, according to this. Let me guess. You got your stats from ESPN. It's it's a link. It's a, I click it and uh, no no I haven't What's, changed it. What yet. site? ESPN. Yeah. But, yeah. Exactly. But that's why. So let's go check NHL.com. Okay, sure. Go check NHL.com and, and see we'll if Calgary see. has more than eighty points. And what if they do? Then I will tear up my standings, <laughs> and I'll never go to ESPN again. I've already slagged them before. You said that three times. I know. I've slagged them before. No, you're uh, you're actually right. They have oh. eighty points. Oh, I wrote it down wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at St. Louis. All right, so they got 80 points or four points back. One for the old man. Uh, Ten games left. Mm-hmm. I looked at the teams that they are playing coming up. Right. And uh, can you move your mic a little bit closer to your face? And uh, they have so they have ten games left. Mm-hmm. And seven of the ten of those games are against playoff competitive teams. Right. They play. Uh, Winnipeg, Vegas twice, Columbus, who's on a seven-game winning streak, Mm -hmm. the Kings, San Jose, and Anaheim. Wow. That's, like, I don't want to say that Calgary's not going to make the playoffs, but it's looking like Calgary's not going to make the playoffs. Well, if they do make the playoffs, they won't have much left for the first round. If if they can win the, if they win the games that they need to win, they're going to be bagged. And it's looking like they're going to play a California team, if they make it. Mm-hmm. And we all know how well Calgary plays in California, which is not good. So uh, I really don't like Calgary's ch- chances this year as of right now. Mm-hmm. And that's tough to say because I really like Calgary. They're one of my preferred Canadian teams outside of Montreal. So uh, that that's t- tough. But mm-hmm. you never know. Anything could happen. Oh, yeah. Ten games is a lot. Um, Vasilevsky, have you heard what he said? I have not heard what he said. Vasilevsky has admitted to be to being tired. Ooh. So I have a question for you. Put yourself in the coach's shoes. And you just heard that your star goaltender, a Vesna candidate goalie, has admitted to being tired to the media mm-hmm. three weeks before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. How do you react to that? Uh, who's the backup there? Um, Louis Domingue, I think. Yeah, Domingue, right. Uh I would sit him. I would sit him and say it's at his request. I'd send him, send him to the beach, 
Send and, him to the beach. Yeah. And and I would say, look, uh, this is no secret. He's talked to the press about this. He's tired. We need him at his top uh, from the first round of the playoffs on. We're already in. They're clinched. And uh, let's sit him, and we'll play our uh, our second stringer and call the guy up from the AHL, and away we go. Now they're not clinched yet, but... Well, they've got 100 points, right? Yeah, they're... they're they're not mathematically <laughs> clinched, but they're realistically clinched. Exactly. Yeah. The but only team that's mathematically clinched is Nashville with 104. They're still fighting for home ice, though. They are. Toronto could go in a run and pass them if, mm-hmm. if Tampa struggled. And Tampa could t- mathematically drop to third, which is unlikely, but possible. Well, if I had a goalie who says he's tired, mm. he's so tired that he says it in public. Mm. Like, I, if he's saying that to the media, I'm sure that Cooper already knew that he was tired. <laughs> Uh, the, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully it won't be like uh, people who work in the White House learning on Twitter about their jobs. Yeah. Hopefully Cooper will know that he's tired before the rest of the world does. Mm. And uh, I would do a calculated guess. I would say, no, uh, we're we're going to give him all the rest he wants, maybe bring him back for the last couple of games to make sure he's sharp, mm-hmm. and then give him like eight games off, and we'll do what we can. We'll still try to win because they've got a lot of other assets. They can probably still win a few of those games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree for the most part, yeah. You, you got to rest him a little bit. He's he's played so hard this, this year. Yeah. Um, in other news, did you know that Evgeny Malkin has passed Datsuk in points? I did not. Does it surprise you a little bit? Not really. It surprised me a little bit. Did it? He gets, well, he's so overshadowed by Crosby. Not a lot of people talk about Malkin on Pittsburgh. Mm. But he's got 921 uh, points. Wow. And Datsuk has 918. Hmm. Datsuk has played 953 games. How many games do you think Malkin has played? I, I would think it'd be over a thousand by now, but I don't know. 774. Wow, that's amazing. He's and, done it. and he's not been a chronically injured guy. Uh, not. He uh, hasn't missed a lot of time like Crosby has, like weeks on end. Uh, he's missed some time. Has he? Yeah, like it, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say as bad as Crosby. He's but he's missed some time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, basically he's passed Datsuk and played 80% of the games wow. or 82 or 81% or whatever that is. I don't, I'm not good at math. But and how, how old is Malkin now? 30, I think. Something like that. Yeah. So he's got some miles left. Oh yeah, definitely. Cool. And I mean, he's potentially in heart conversations this year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So hmm, very good. Um, let's switch to the West. Arizona, mm-hmm. do you know their record recently? And by recently, I mean since, I don't know, beginning of February, February 8th, we'll say. Well, right now they're 5-4-1 and one in their last 10 games. They've actually been playing better than their seasons mm-hmm. uh, in the last little while, yeah. Since uh, February 8th, they are 11-7. Uh, and seven. <laughs> seven, uh yeah, 11 wins and 7 losses, and some of those losses might be overtime. I didn't write those down. Right. So that's uh, that's interesting because they they know that they're not going anywhere this year. They probably knew that 15 games into the season. But the fact that they can end the year like this, I think is a really positive note mm-hmm. for the year to come. And Buffalo's kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Buffalo's actually playing pretty good hockey recently. They're, they're playing quite good hockey. And it's... It's almost funny how once the pressure's off your shoulders and you don't really have ex- expectations anymore, when you can actually start playing hockey 
and not worry about the, the emotional stuff. It shows how much of performance in sport, and I'm sure it's not just hockey, but it shows how much that performance is above the neck as, as opposed to just Absolutely. raw athletic talent below the neck. Especially goalies. Yeah, like it, you can have two games between two teams at different times of the year with the exact same talent on the ice both times, and mm -hmm. the results are vastly different. Absolutely. Look at Nashville at the beginning of last year mm -hmm. to the end of last year. Yeah, really. It's night and day. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 special to see like it's it's frustrating because Arizona is consistently in the dumps. But it's it gives you hope. It, just a a sliver of hope that maybe next year they mm -hmm. can actually do it. Maybe. maybe next year Buffalo can actually turn it around because on paper Buffalo's better than they perform they've been that way for probably the last five years they've always been better on paper than they are on ice so mm -hmm. i i really i mean if you think about the buffalo fans they must be so frustrated <laughs> well they must be when they hadn't beaten chicago in nine years or something and yeah, something and they like beat that. chicago I, I think it was yesterday afternoon yeah and they beat them quite handily like it wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't a cliffhanger there are a lot of positive things to say about the Buffalo team. Mm -hmm. I would like to see some changes, obviously, uh, but I, there's going to be a year coming up when Buffalo actually goes on a bit of a run and makes the playoffs, and it's going to be a fantastic story. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, I hope what Nashville did last year happens to Buffalo, where they may be sneaking the playoffs. They're playing such good hockey. They actually do some damage in the playoffs. I'm really looking forward to that day. I'm not a Buffalo Sabres fan, mm -hmm. but I love a good story. Yeah, that's right. And when Buffalo makes the playoffs next time, it's going to be a good story. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for that. Good. Yeah, very and good. with Arizona as well, same thing goes. Yeah, with Arizona, you have to wonder, though, some of these numbers may be skewed a little bit because if Arizona is a destination for teams that are on the road and it's the second game of a back-to-back, -back, a team is probably going to put their backup goalie into that game against Arizona. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. So there's going to be a little bit of skewing of the result because of the opposing team's calculations mm -hmm. about maybe not taking Arizona seriously enough. And obviously that's a mistake because Arizona is able to capitalize on those chances. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, speaking of uh, Buffalo, Arizona, Montreal, these teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, mm -hmm. I've decided that I'm going to do a year in review video for every team. So every team's going to get its own video. As soon as the regular season is over, um, I'm going to do a lot of research for my form my opinions, and every single team that's not in the playoffs, which is 15, 15 teams, teams mm -hmm. will get its own video. And they'll all release in rapid succession, probably seven a day, for oh. like seven one day and eight the, the next day. Uh, that's That's probably the goal because when the season ends and the playoffs begin, I think it's like three or four days. About that, yeah. It season Five usually days. ends on a Sunday and the playoffs begin yeah. on a Wednesday or Thursday. So I want to get all those videos out when the season <laughs> ended beca quickly because there's also eight uh, playoff series to, to preview videos for. You better start drinking coffee. So, yeah, I'm going to have to. So there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of filming and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Now... Mm -hmm. This is actually the last thing on my list. Oh, man, so it's, that's quick. I mean, we're only 20 minutes in, but uh, it's 
it's interesting. It's a bit of trivia for you. And that people like trivia, so I, I, I wanted to include that for, for that reason. So if you think about the, the top 10 active points players in the NHL, um, so I'll, like the first one on the list is Joe Thornton with 1,427 points. We're only talking about active players. Mm-hmm. Of the top 10, how many do you think are Canadian? So I've already given you one. There's at least one Canadian, Joe Thornton. Of the top 10 active players with the highest number of games played. No, points. Points. Oh, I'm sorry. How many are Canadian? Yeah. I'm at a loss. I really am. Okay, there's five. (laughs) That's the the nationality with the most amount of people in the top 10. I'm surprised it's even five. Really? Yeah, I am these days. How many U.S.-born players? Oh, I think uh, three. Zero. What? Yep, zero. You're kidding. How many Swedish players do you think? Two? Three. <laughs> a little closer anyway. Russia with two. Wow. No Americans. No Americans. Because I, I, I guess I think back to Max Max Pacioretty, for instance, who, mm-hmm. although he's not had a great year this year, overall, you know, going back several years, he's put up some pretty good numbers. He has, but yeah, he's nowhere near. Wow. The, I don't think he's anywhere near the top 10, <laughs> actually. Wow. Okay. Um, now I have I have a trivia question for you, which is related to what we just talked about, but I'm going to put something on the line. I will buy you supper if you get this right. Ooh, wow. And like tonight? Yeah. At the place of my choosing? Whatever you want. Man. You know where Sims Corner is, do you? No, but I'm sure it's not far. It's PEI. Yeah, it's a steakhouse. <laughs> oh, that sounds expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I, I won't hold you if I I win. said there were three Sweden players, Swedish oh, players. Oh, man. Can you name them? <laughs> So, so give me the category again. It's it's active players with the most points. Yeah, most, most and three points. of them are Swedes. Yeah, and they are in position five, six, and seven. Not that that helps you at all, but okay. Two of them are Sedins. Correct. So I just have one to pick from. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> oh man. Dun, 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 dun. I don't have any thinking music to play. <laughs> you can dub some in later. Yeah. You can dub the Jeopardy theme if they, if they don't have a copyrighted. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Hmm, man. You got 10 seconds. <laughs> okay, not Sedin's. Six seconds. The, the pressure. <clears throat> um, Three seconds. William Nylander. I know it's wrong. <laughs> Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> I know Z- it's wrong. Zetterberg. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. You just missed out on a free... Man. Suffer. Aww. With a William Nylander guess who started his career as an NHL player like yesterday. <laughs> I knew that. I just yeah. couldn't think of, an, of another uh, uh, high-profile Swede at the moment. But Zetterberg clearly should have been in my mind, and I apologize. All right. I'll give you, I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself. All right. It's easy, but kind of not easy at the same time. There is the, the Canadian player that's in 10th place... Plays for the Dallas Stars. Who is that player? Jamie Ben. I knew you were going to say that. No, it's Jason Spezza. Oh, <laughs> damn. 887 points. Wow. So the list goes as follows. Thornton with 1427. Marlow with uh, 1122. Oh, wow. Ovechkin with 1111. Only. Wow. Real close. Behind. 11 points behind Marlow. Yeah. And uh, then gaining quickly. Crosby, 1104. Right Holy behind smokes. Ovechkin. 
Hendrik Sedin, uh, 1063. Daniel Sedin, 1033. Zetterberg, 951. Malkin, 921. Uh, Stahl, 915. And Spezza, 887. Hmm. So, interesting list. A very interesting yeah. list. How has Spezza been doing in Dallas this year? Uh, not great. No. Uh, not like not god awful, but not not great. Mm-hmm. He's not worth his seven million dollars he's getting paid or whatever it is for mm-hmm. the next. Actually, I don't know how long his contract is, but it's not worth seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. No. Well, interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I like I'll, that. I'll give you a chance next week, or two, two weeks from now, I guess, to redeem yourself. Tune in next time when Brent <laughs> tries to win supper. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any trivia for me? I want to win supper. Oh, man. Uh, it, it, you're springing this on. It doesn't have to be right now. I mean, like, oh, okay. you have anything in your notes here that we're going to talk about in the next 30 minutes? Um, I, I can't think of anything right now, but if something pops in, I'll, okay, I'll interrupt good. the programming to I give just, you the trivia I question. just really want supper, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you had you had a, an option for supper last night, homemade lasagna, and you turned it down. No, I didn't want it. Yeah. Uh, I don't got nothing left, so. All right. So over to you. Thank you. Uh, I I don't know what. To, no, I'm just kidding. I, I first thing I want to talk about, I don't, and we haven't spoken about about this. Did you stay up late last night to watch the para hockey gold medal game in Pyeongchang between Canada and the United States? I stayed up late to edit a vlog from August when we flew over PEI, of August of last year. I'll take that as a no. But no, I didn't wa- I okay. watch, watch the game. I watched it. I was disappointed that the game wasn't on broadcast television, but they did have it online on an internet feed on the web from CBC. So I watched it. And in fact, I took my Google Chromebook and loaded up the website there, ran the HDMI cable into the television in the main living room, and watched it on TV just like I would have had it been on the cable box. So... I uh, enjoyed the game. Interesting para hockey. They used to call it sledge hockey, but they call it para (coughs) hockey now. They play three 15-minute periods of stoppage time. Mm -hmm. And uh, Canada scored early in the first period and had a 1-0 lead right until the last minute of the third when the Americans pulled the goalie Mm -hmm. and scored and tied at 1-1. And went to overtime, full-length overtime, but it didn't take very long. And the same guy... Oh, really? Uh, for the American team, scored the winning goal in overtime for the gold medal. That's cool. It was cool. It was a, a very interesting game to watch. I love watching these guys. They're fantastic. It's, it's when, you th- when you think about it, you're like, eh, not really interested in that. But then you watch 15 seconds of it. That's all it takes. And you're like, wow, this is actually fantastic. It is fantastic. And if, if you've never seen sledge hockey, yeah, it's for people who have... Uh, basically profound mobility impairments from the from the hips down. So they might be missing limbs altogether. Uh, they could be double amputees uh, above the knee. They could have both legs, but they're paralyzed, let's mm, say. Exactly. And they all sit in a similar sled, which is really like sitting on a giant skate. Mm. It's one, one inline, kind of two blades, I guess, one in the front, one in the back. And they push themselves around with shortened hockey sticks that have a stick blade at one end and some sort of, I can't imagine it's a spike type thing that would hurt people if you hit them yeah, with it, it's but it's some, some way to grab the ice. And they use those to push themselves around. And they, they can skate and stick handle at the same time. And the speed is unbelievable yeah, that they can fast. attain. They're so fast because you got these two arms pumping away. Yeah. And th- they reconfigure the arena so that the boards are plexiglass mm-hmm. because they're low profile when they're sitting in their sleds. So when they go in 
into the bench or in, even in the penalty box, they're still able to watch the play because otherwise the boards would be over their eye level. Mm. And it's fantastic. It's, it really is. It was great to watch. It's and physical. It's, yeah, I was just going to say, oh my God. the contact is, like, they're, they're, they're more physical than NHL players sometimes. Open ice hits, yeah. like, are just, just brutal. Brutal. And they fight, too. <laughs> I, think I didn't see any fighting last night. There wasn't any of that, but, but they I think, do. I think the last time the Americans played the Canadians for the World Championship or something? I think. Over Christmas? Yeah. I think there was a fight at the end of the game because the Americans won that game as well. And there was a, a tournament here in Charlottetown. Maybe that, that, maybe that was yeah, it. Yeah, in early December. Yeah. The Americans won that tournament as well. Yeah, that must be what I'm talking about. It's fantastic to watch these guys go up and down the ice uh, and play so well as a team together and pass the puck around and have set plays and the sh the shots that they can get. Like, they're all down low, of course, and they can get some amazing shots, and they're like top shelf, top corner. Yeah, and they've got, they've got two sticks, uh, and the blades are separated. So a little stick handle under, like underneath their sled. Yeah, they'll back pass and to forth. themselves. It's amazing. <laughs> it's really something. Yeah, it's if you if you get the chance, please go watch it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even on YouTube, just highlights or something. Yeah, it's it's really good hockey. Mm -hmm. But congratulations to Team USA. Yes, congratulations. Both teams were, I think, fairly evenly matched. Uh, if one team dominated possession, it probably was Canada, but not by a lot. Mm -hmm. And the Americans had some amazing chances. The Canadian goalie, and maybe to a lesser extent, the American goalie were fabulous. Uh, the Canadians were outshot in the game as a whole, mm -hmm. and the Canadian goalie was amazing. So uh, a lot of shots went wide. The most painful part of, of how Canada lost, though, I don't know if you know this part, but when the Americans pulled their goalie, one of Canada's players got a partial breakaway down the boards, and with about 40 seconds left, he hit the post oh, no on way. the empty net. And then the <laughs> Americans came back up the other way and scored. Wow. So devastating on two fronts, right? But it was really good. Yeah, mm. it, it was a, it was a great game to watch and good good for them, and that was the highlight uh, finale for the Olympics, the uh, the Paralympics. That's right, yeah. And the closing ceremonies, I think, have already happened by now, so mm. I didn't see them. But yeah, um, some interesting things I read on the Athletic this week, and I wanted to focus the rest of my program time on that. And the first one, I think, we can deal with it quickly, but it was an article about Mark Borowiecki. Right. And and I don't profess to be very good at pronouncing his name. I've heard it pronounced several t different ways. How do, you, how do you say it? Borowiecki. Okay, yeah, that's about right, I think. Uh, that's as good as I can do. But uh, he's always been known as a guy who will drop the gloves pretty quickly, mm -hmm. and really that is almost certainly how he got into the NHL in the first place. He He's not known for his hands or for his skating ability. He was He's an agitator to a point, but he's, he's a tough guy, and uh, he has been in a lot of fights in the past, and he had a bad concussion back in the fall, missed some time. And while he was out, and even after he came back, he did some soul-searching, and he spoke with his wife, and this is an article in, in The Athletic about this, so I'm not letting on that I know him. <laughs> but um, Chris Stevenson wrote an article this past week in The Athletic that goes through Mark Borowiecki's uh, thinking process about how he has changed his mind about the kind of hockey player he wants to be from this point on. And in the past, he would probably just getting ready for a face-off, he'd make arrangements with other players. You know, you want to go? Yeah, let's go. And now he's going to say no. He's not saying he'll never fight. If someone comes up and, you know, mm. in the moment, uh, he might drop the gloves and give someone a good pounding or, or get one. If they deserve it, he'll fight. If, if they deserve it, yeah. But the staged... Uh, you know, and I don't think there's that much of it these days, but there's some where they'll, 
yak back and forth getting ready for the face-off. And before they even have normal body contact, the gloves are on the ice mm. and they're whacking away at each other. Uh, he's not going to do that anymore because he's, uh, he's worried about his health. And that's the main thing. It's not just that he wants to change the mm. kind of player he is. He's scared about brain injury. And, and he's already had some, some concussions. That's, uh, you mentioned his wife. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a conversation that uh, definitely should happen with a wife or a family member uh, because it affects you after you leave the game. So uh, it's, good that he, it's good that he was willing to even talk about it with his family and with his wife or whatever and not mm-hmm. bottle it up or ignore it, as I'm sure a lot of guys do. So yeah. kudos to him. And reading between the lines here, you know how important this is to him because uh, in the fourth paragraph of Chris Stevenson's article, Uh, On an off day in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago, he sat on a rock and turned his face to the sunshine and talked on the phone with his wife, Tara, for an hour, turning over and over the thought that had been going through his mind since his return to uh, to playing. If you're in Las Vegas and you're talking to your wife on the phone for an hour, that's serious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But uh, between the two of them, they they did talk it out. In all seriousness, they talked it out. And He's also, and this, this happened even before his most recent serious injury, he was improving his skills. He was getting better at his hands. He's actually hit, this is the best offensive year he's had. He's got three goals, I think, this year so far, and mm-hmm. maybe uh, have 15 assists or something like that. He's got 10 points. Ten, oh, 10 points altogether, three seven goals, assists. Okay. Three goals, uh, seven assists. And what's his penalty minutes uh, you have at that? Uh, 58. Yeah. It says basically if he's played 41 games, three goals, seven assists. Uh, 10 points, 58 penalty minutes. The year that he got his most points, which was, uh, let me see, 2014-2015, he had 11 points mm-hmm. in 63 games with 107 penalty minutes. Yeah, I so think this article, a, points per games played. Significant change. It is. Yeah. And he is one of uh, only two defensemen, I think, that are... Uh, more than uh, I'll try. I'll try to find the exact stat. It, it took me a second to understand it, um, but yeah, on the possession front, he's broken into positive territory in unblocked shot attempts at fifty point one four percent. One of two current defensemen, along with Eric Carlson, to be north of fifty percent. That's some coursey, coursey stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff is way over my head. <laughs> but uh, good for him. Hmm. Good for him that he's. With a lot of players like that, you wonder if they can make it as players as opposed to the role player. Mm-hmm. And I hope he's able to, uh, you know, in the next few years. He's I don't still, know, what, what's his contract like? Um, I, don't, I can check right now. He's mm-hmm. still relatively young. He's 28. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to see him play in Summerside. We, we did, yeah. Year. He played with yeah. the, in the Kraft Hockeyville game. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully he's got some time left to hone his game. He is making... One point one million this year, one point two million next year, and he's a UFA at the end of nineteen twenty. So he's got two years on his contract left mm-hmm. after this, which is good. Gives him some time. Gives him some time to showcase other skills he can uh, bring to the table. Yeah, definitely. Before this contract is up, I hope it works out for him. Yeah, d- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that was so. That was one thing I wanted to uh, to rise uh, or raise. Sorry. <laughs> The other thing, and I almost raised it when you were talking about Calgary at the very beginning of the show today, Mm -hmm. about what their challenges are in the next 10 games. There's another uh, article about Gullitson, the coach, uh, Glenn Gullitson, having a bit of a blow up this week. Did you read about that or hear about it? No. Yeah. On Monday, there's a, a 
about a minute and 30 second video of him just during a regular practice taken from board level. And you can't hear him all the time because he sometimes turns his back and he, as he's talking. He doesn't throw his stick up into the stands this time. Ah. But he drops several bombs of the F variety. In fact, in a minute and a half, he drops 22 uh, F bombs. <laughs> what? 22. <laughs> when he's trying to tell the players what he wants them to do in practice and how, where he wants them to go and how he wants them to play and do breakouts and things like that. You're... T- you must be talking about a Trailer Park Boys episode, right? I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I'm no. talking about the National Hockey League. <laughs> and Glenn Gullitson, he just goes to town. I remember when Mike Yo did it, when he was with Minnesota. Do you remember that? It was uh, at the beginning of last year. Vaguely, yeah. And he just lost his mind. <laughs> there are words that I want to use that I can't because this is going on iTunes and you can't swear on iTunes. Sure. But And I don't swear on the channel anyway, but he absolutely lost it. I'm sure there's people out there listening and watching that will remember this, but like, he's a pretty fair skinned guy. <laughs> not, not that day. <laughs> he was the color of, of that, uh, scarf there wrapped well, around your mic. The Manchester United <laughs> yeah. scarf. He's pretty, uh, he was riled up. <laughs> pretty florid as they would so say. So how did the players react? Um, it's interesting. They, I can't tell from watching the video how they reacted, but the article that I read by Justin Bourne in The Athletic suggests that, and I don't know if it's this case specifically, but that generally it's at the level of the NHL, when the coach does things like this, it's impossible for all the players to take it seriously. Because in most cases, the players are making four, five, ten times as much money as the coach. Mm -hmm. His job is a lot more in jeopardy than theirs. Mm -hmm. And it raises the question as to whether these outbursts are not just calculated, I'm really mad kind of moments. And uh, I think there's something to be said for that. I, If you look at last year, he did the same thing after a loss to Montreal uh, in January, I think. And the team went on an incredible run after that, mm-hmm. made the playoffs. Yeah. Uh I don't think it'll have the same effect this year, but if he sees that it worked once last year. Maybe. But the throwing the stick up into the stands, I don't know how the, well the team played in the two or three weeks after that, before that wore off. But, yeah. Uh, they obviously were in the playoff picture until really earlier this week. And, and they still are. Mathematically, but they still are. They, but they just have so many tough games to play. Like yeah. Anaheim, San Jose, uh, L.A., like all those teams are in their in their same division, mm-hmm. all with basically all the same points. Yeah, and you still have to play Vegas twice. You got to play Winnipeg. Yeah, I mean that is such a tough schedule. Even if they, even if they go in a, on a run and win those games, it's going to be such hard hockey to play. It's going to be like playing a playoff game. Mm-hmm. For yeah. the, those seven games are going to be playoff games. Yeah, and if you make the playoffs, well then you got to jump into an even harder series against a the team. They're going to be tired, mm-hmm. even if they make the playoffs. So. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Yeah. I think uh, if Calgary gets in, I'd want to be the team that plays them. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially <laughs> a California team. Yeah. Uh, Justin Bourne writes this, the whole, quote, look how mad I am, unquote, thing is easily one of the worst parts of hockey culture. In a sport where you play a ton of games over the course of a season and you practice just as many times and you travel together and eat together and spend your lives together, having to pretend to be angry because your team lost X amount of hours ago is a fruitless exercise. The second you get to your hotel room with your roommate, no matter who that teammate is, 
the shtick is over and the mask drops. It's over. Want to watch Friends? Friends is funny. That Gunther sure is weird. <laughs> and really, you know, how much of it is for the media, for mm -hmm. the fans, for the refs? The, and I spoke about this in one of my rant videos earlier this week about the 10 things I would change, 10 of the things. There's more than 10. And one of them is this uh, propensity of coaches and players these days to react poorly to referees and calls. Yeah, I think some people interpreted that to being players chirping each other. That's not what it was about. Oh, no. Players chirping each other is hilarious. Yeah, I love that's it. amazing. I love that. It's about the respect and disrespect towards the referees. Completely. So. Yeah. Oh, I hope they didn't. I'm surprised they misunderstand it that way. I, but. I explained it in a, in a reply, but I don't know if they even saw it. Cause yeah. It is the internet. It is the internet, yeah. Yeah, so people can take things a little sideways. Yeah. But no, it was really, it's the Tortorellas and the, and Claude Julien's and whoever it might be behind the bench who get hollering at the rest when they don't like a call. And you can read every word of their lips, even if you're not a lip reader. And it's all bad. Mm. And it's disrespectful. I, I, I'm not saying that you should quietly take everything that's done. There's ways to signal your displeasure without being an idiot about it. And that's mm. that's really all it is. But not chirping. Chirping's great. Yeah. Mike all the players and, and mic them all because I want to hear the chirping. That's my favorite part. I remember there was a, I don't even remember who was playing, New York versus someone. And it was some, it was an established player. And he was, some other guy was chirping him on the opposing team, someone who was basically no one. <laughs> and then the Rangers player just responded like, Buddy, you're irrelevant out here. You are you are literally irrelevant on these on this ice. Like and it was it was so like it wasn't most of it's just most of the time it's just swearing and stuff, but this yeah. was so like <laughs> intellectual because like, it was 100% uh, truthful. Well, and that's one thing with the NHL, you need to develop your own chops and your own credibility before mm -hmm. you dare chirp somebody else. And that was the big knock on PK Subban early on. And there's a few other rookies who come into the league with this big personality and they don't want to wait the time you're supposed to wait before you can really chirp and yeah. and egg on the, the more senior guys. And if you start doing that a little too early, they'll just laugh at you mm -hmm. or worse. But that's what PK wants. <laughs> that's what he wants. And now he's, you know, he's been around the league for eight years or whatever it is. And, and he can chirp away and that's fine. Mm. But when you first get in the league, it's like, who are you? You don't have the right to chirp me. Yeah. I've been here for 12 years and I'm a so-and-so and you're just a punk. He's an emotional genius. Oh yeah. <laughs> like last year during the playoffs when he said that Crosby's, he said he said that Crosby said that his breath smelled bad or something like that. Oh yeah, right. And they're going up with Listerine. He admitted this year that Crosby didn't, never said that. And he was just playing mind games with the media and with Crosby on the opposing side. It's funny. Yeah. Well, the last uh, main thing I have is my list of topics today also comes from The Athletic, which uh, I will recommend anytime. It's a great place to put a few dollars to get in exceptional sports content, not just about hockey. But uh, you know Pierre Lebrun, of course. You've seen him on news shows and mm -hmm. sportscasts. Uh, he's a very frequent contributor to The Athletic, and he decided to poll the general managers this past week in advance of their meetings that are coming up. The GMs have meetings uh, in a, three days of meetings coming up and very soon, imminently. Mm. And he asked them which ones of them would be receptive to a reformatting of the NHL playoff structure. Okay, how, where's this going? Well, it can go many different ways, but basically this would be to increase the number of teams that have a chance at the playoffs. 
That's the bottom line. How would that work? It would work in, in the method that he floated to the GMs. The top six teams in each conference would be locked in. But the bottom two, which are now wild cards, would actually be the bottom several who would all play in a round-robin mm-hmm. three-game thing to see which of those teams got in to, as the top two of that grouping to become the two wild cards. So it would be seven, eight, nine, and ten, let's say, in each conference. So we'd have to wait a period of time in between the season ending and the actual playoffs starting. Exactly. It would take maybe four or five days to play all these games and decide who's who. Some GMs reacted favorably to that situation as it was, but some would say, well, if you changed it a bit, I might agree to it. But mm-hmm. but in that format, I wouldn't agree to it. They'd rather have maybe um, if, let's say, the the top, like team seven and eight, the topping, the top of the group that isn't in the top six, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. If they're so far ahead of the other teams, like 10 points or more ahead of all the other teams chasing them, then don't do it that that year. So Just don't do it. It would be conditions? Yeah, there would be conditions. You'd have to be within 10 points or within five points of the teams ahead of you to get into this uh, playoff situation, this preliminary playoff. What about if it happened in the East, but in the West it was tight it was between those four teams, and then those four teams had to play this round robin, mm-hmm. then they'd be more tired than all the other teams in the playoffs. Well, they would be, and and that's actually part of the price you pay for getting in. If you want in the playoffs, uh, you might have to play your way in, and when you do, you're going to be tired because the team you're going to face when you do get in is going to have a nice long rest. So I guess it would create more of an uh, incentive to be in the top six. Yeah, that's right, a, a more incentive. And also encourages teams that are 10th, 11th, and 12th to play like bandits to get into that tenth spot, so they can get into the the uh, yeah play I, the I, preliminary I, playoff. I don't mind it, but when does it stop? <clears throat> well, like one of the and I, I was when I first saw the headline, I said no, sixteen's enough. That's it, sixteen. But if you go back to when the NHL only had twenty four teams, let's say mm-hmm. several years ago, they had sixteen going in the playoffs. Like I, I wouldn't mind it. It's, my problem is the format itself of the playoffs. Just stop, cut the crap with this divisional stuff and well, the wild card stuff. I'm, I'm getting to that. Like, can can one please play eight and two please play seven? Exactly. And I don't care if seven of those teams are from the Atlantic Division mm-hmm. and only one's from the Metro. I don't care. The best should go in the playoffs. I don't care what division you're from. Yep. It's about the best. Right on. I totally agree. Good. <laughs> well, there. I'm, I'm glad you approve. <laughs> no, I, t- I totally agree with that. In fact, a lot of the GMs did too. A lot of the GMs said, "I'd go with your system, Pierre, if it, if it went back to one v eight, two v seven, yeah, three v six, and four v five. And I'm totally on board with that myself because there should be there should be something good about finishing first. Absolutely. And when you finish second. You should play the seventh best team, not the third best team. Well, look at the Atlantic right now. The top three Atlantic teams have more points than any Metropolitan team mm-hmm. as of three days ago. I don't Which know I never would have guessed at the, be- at the beginning of the season. Well, look at last year. Yeah. It was l- literally the opposite. The, the top opposite. three Metro teams had more points than any Atlantic team. Yeah. The it's low- unbelievable. The lowest of the top three in the Atlantic right now is Toronto with 93 points. Mm-hmm. The highest in the Metro right now 
is Washington with 89. 89, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So <clears throat> Washington would technically be fourth in uh, in the standings and play fifth place, which would be Pittsburgh. Yeah, I believe. Would they? That's right, right? Yeah, they play Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And well, Washington would play actually a wild card team right now. No, but if it was one v eight though. Oh yeah, one v eight for sure. Yeah, sorry. Washington would play Pittsburgh. Yeah, Tampa would play. New Jersey? Tampa would play New Jersey right now, yeah. And Boston would play Columbus? Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Toronto would play? Would play Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. I like that. Absolutely. I don't know why they... I, I understand it. I understand the divisions for travel purposes, but for standings reasons, mm -hmm. just end it. Yeah. Like, let's go back. And he, like, even when we go back, it's still a little different because I think there was different division stuff. I don't even remember, but anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as of uh, Tuesday night this past week, you had 29 answers from 31 GMs. Of the 29, 20 voted yes to his system. Wow. 20. Six voted no right out of the gate. Two had mixed responses, and one GM said, uh, I'm not going to say. And interestingly, the GMs that are already in the playoffs right now or look like they're going to be, their answers weren't really different from GMs that are far out of the playoffs. So mm. it didn't seem to be a self-interested vote. Mm. It was just a principled vote based on how they'd like things to be. I think that's really important as for the NHL as a whole to have uh, GMs in the position with that mentality mm -hmm. and not be influenced by uh, current situational. Yeah. Stuff. And like one, one GM said, okay, how about uh, teams eight and nine play each other in a one-game playoff? So that allows one more team in. Like some of the GMs came back with, mm. I'd support it more if you did this or you did that. So they wanted to tinker with LeBron's suggested model, but that was just, he just threw it in there yeah, just yeah. as a suggestion. So it has shades of football mm -hmm. a little bit. And in a 32 team league, let's say you do the, the six to 10 thing, the six to 10 preliminary playoff, you'd have 20 teams out of 32, mm. figuring you get Seattle in here eventually. You'd have 20 teams out of the 32 with a chance of getting in the playoffs. It would build more interest in some of the lower teams later in the season to keep pushing. It would increase fan interest, uh, rivalry interest, or whatever it would be. And it would drive up money. It would drive up ad revenue and, of course, be good for, for the business part. Mm -hmm. uh, despite all of those good things for business, Batman is like, no. Right now, he's, no, not even looking at it. Yeah. And I, I understand that. He's, he's He built what it what. He built largely what's there now. He's done a lot of good things that people don't give him credit for, like myself. But he's done so many weaselly things that uh, has created his reputation. So, mm -hmm. what else he got? Well, there's those some GMs that like the idea of a single play-in, one game only for teams eight and nine. Other GMs wanted a best of three. Uh, that could just be number eight versus number nine or also include seven versus ten or whatever. Uh, one GM even added the wrinkle that perhaps there should be a point range. In other words, that ten-point gap. If they're more than ten points back, they didn't earn the way in, so mm -hmm. frig them. Uh, we'll just cancel it this year or whatever. Um, one GM pointed out that in his mind, the play-in round would keep the races close and would set lines which create more interest. Uh, there's a benefit to finishing sixth rather than seventh to avoid the best of three playoff. Likewise, there's an interest from the 11th place team to keep fighting to the last game in hopes of reaching the number 10 spot, and so on and so on. 
I got. Hmm. I like it in a way, but I just I don't think it's the right answer <coughs> or the right decision. But I I be I'd be interested in seeing it happen for one year, an experimental year, mm-hmm. just to see how it would go, and then make a this final decision on the future of of uh, the platform. And and I really think one v eight, two v seven, that can happen anyway without this. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. that let's do that now. I can't believe that we're still in this divisional crap. Yeah. And it hasn't been done yet. And and it hasn't been mathematically too out of range yet. But the day will come when a team is in third place in one of the divisions and they're below the wild card. Yeah. It, it may happen yet this year, maybe. but it, uh, I think it almost happened the other year. Yeah. And that will be, I think a stark example of how stupid this is mm. when a team that in the conference wouldn't make it is making it just because they're in a weak division. Actually, it might have happened last year. It might have happened Toronto. already. It might have happened already because, yeah. I feel like Toronto had less points than the wildcard teams last year. But anyways, it's definitely happened. I just don't remember exactly when. Mm-hmm. And it's stupid. It's, it is. It doesn't make any sense. It's no. just there's too much of a prior, priority and focus on this divisional stuff. Yeah, like, you know, to be finishing second and your first round opponent is a team that maybe tied you mm. in the points or finished only one point behind you in the whole conference. Like, that's just wrong. It's just wrong. It when, when normally you'd be playing the seventh place team. Yeah. You know, in in any sensible arrangement. So, yeah, where? Um, I would just have a final question for sure. you real quick, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. It's about John Tavares. Okay. Do you mm. think do you think the Islanders not doing anything at the trade deadline was good or bad for John Tavares? I think it was bad for John Tavares. I think it was too. I think it was bad for the Islanders. It was their opportunity to show John Tavares that they were going to start loading the team with talent to work with him, and they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not saying Snow didn't try to make deals yeah, we, happen. We don't know. But it I don't know if he publicly said that he, he did or didn't. I don't know if he publicly released a statement after the trade deadline. I'm sure he did. I didn't see it. I didn't either. I know a lot of people want him gone. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are fans buying billboards and putting them up that says snow oh. must go. Oh no. So it's, they really want him gone. Yeah. And I can't, like I want John Tavares to stay in the, on the island just so the fans don't have to go through the potential riots that will happen <laughs> if he leaves. Obviously they're not going to physically riot, but no. There will be a lot of hatred towards the uh, the management of that team if John Tavares does not sign, mm-hmm. and that's pretty devastating. At the very least, they're going to have to show that they made John Tavares an offer that was worthwhile accepting. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened in Montreal when Radulov went to Dallas. Montreal tried to say at the end of it, "Well, our offer was just as good as theirs." That won't be enough in Long, in Long Island. It mm-hmm. won't be enough. No. The Islanders will have to show that their offer was better than the other teams that he might have gone to. He's not going to take a hometown discount. No, he is not. And he he shouldn't have to. This is one, this is the one time in his career that he's going to get paid big. And this is a, such a crucial crucial decision for him because he wants to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. That's what he cares about the most. And he, if he doesn't think it can happen in, on the island, then he's not going to stay. That's right. So it, as much as he loves the island, he wants to win a cup. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know where he goes if he goes anywhere. There, there will be all kinds of 
Every team in the league's gonna make an offer. Oh yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. He, Every he'll, team. he'll sit down with his agent and there'll be a stack of files on, on the agent's desk mm -hmm. that will take a long time to go through. And some of them are gonna look very attractive. Oh, absolutely. Very attractive. I They'll suspect Colorado is going to make a huge <clears throat> push for Tavares. Wow. I've got a sneaky suspicion, <laughs> gut feeling. <laughs> I dreamt about it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, there. Yeah, I had a dream you went to Colorado. Well, the, I guess that that's it. Maybe it was a premonition, we'll find out. You heard it here first. We'll find out Tavares in five months. Tavares to Colorado. <laughs> Neil had a premonition. Um, next time you have a dr dream, Try to figure out what the lottery numbers for next week are. Which oh, <laughs> well, I had a dream last night that I was being chased by a bear in like like a jungle kind of area, but it was outside of like a stadium. And I was trying to come up with new lyrics for a cover of a Keith Urban song that had to do with a mascot for a new f uh, sports franchise. While you're being chased? While I was being chased by a bear. You're trying to write a song in your head. Yeah, I was like singing. And I was a really good singer. I could actually sing. It was amazing. Then I woke up. I'm like, oh man, I can't sing. Did you hear about the two guys that were fishing, and they're they're standing and they have their hip waders on and they're out halfway out in the river up to their thighs and water and they're fishing away and all of a sudden this bear appears over the. Uh, Is this a joke or a true story? Uh, oh, it's a definitely a true story. <laughs> and this bear appears and one guy just panics. He starts to go crazy. He's splashing all around. He's trying to get back to the shore so we can get his hip waders off and get his sneakers on mm -hmm. so he can get out of there. And the other guy calmly walks back and undoes his hip waders and, you know, calmly puts on his sneakers. <clears throat> and the other guy's panicking. He's breathing hard. He said, man, like, hurry up. Hurry up. Get your sneakers tight. Y you'll never outrun that bear. He says, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was hoping it was going to be a better joke than that because I've heard that like 15 times from you. <laughs> so. Oh, well. And, and again, not from you, but from other people. But yeah, and did, I didn't tell it very well either. I'm sure the, the joke is way funnier if it's told properly. Do you have any but, other jokes? Because um, you're, you're a man who always has a joke on. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm usually like plug and play. Yeah. You know, put, push, you know, push me between the eyes and the forehead and I can usually tell a joke Can you Can you call. rattle one off? <clears throat> well, I just did. <laughs> no, like an actual a good, good, a good joke. Oh, man. Uh, give me a second. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. You take your time. You, you can talk about something else for a minute. Uh, I got nothing to talk about. Talk about all your uh, Patreon love or something. Patreon members, I love you. <laughs> um, the, uh, the the vlog that I was talking about earlier, the flying one from August, that will be posted on more post-to-post, -post, uh, I think, today. It'll probably already be released by the time you see or listen to this. Oh, good. Um it's it was an hour long flight over PEI and uh, I condensed condensed it into five minutes and forty three seconds. It was a challenge because I had my sixty, my main camera, had the G seven X, my vlogging camera if you want to call it that. Had a GoPro on my head, had a GoPro in the cockpit looking back at us, and had a GoPro on the wing of the plane looking down. So over this the span of an hour I had all this footage to go through and sync it up in the right amount of timeline. Uh, and it took like five hours to do. So it, uh, I'm pleased with the result, but it could have been way better. But mm -hmm. All right, you got a joke yet? I don't. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm really trying. Like one of my problems, ladies and gentlemen, is that the vast majority of my jokes are not appropriate for 
the iTunes mm, platform. See, that's my problem. I can't tell yeah. any jokes because mine are extremely inappropriate. And when people ask me to tell jokes, and, and I they do, because I sometimes when I'm on my game, I can do a pretty good joke. But I have to ask them, do you want a clean one? Because it'll take a little longer for me to think one up. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening to me as, as we speak right now. I, yeah. I, I have a joke, but it's it's such a long joke, and I'm so bad at telling stories, and I'm so bad at telling jokes. It's you just go. It's not worth it. You got to do You've it. You've already heard it as well. Well, yeah, but this is not for me. Go it's, for it. Oh Come on. Okay, so it's, it's kind of a Canadian joke because it involves Newfies. So it's... it's <laughs> People from Newfoundland, you mean? <laughs> yeah, people from Newfoundland. And people from Newfoundland, if there's anyone listening, we actually love you. Like, oh, yeah. we, we tell Newfie jokes not to make fun of them, but because we actually like everyone from Newfoundland. It's a wonderful province, and the people are lovely. Uh, but anyway, there, there's, uh, there's three guys. One's an Asian guy, one is uh, a white guy, and one's a Newfie. And they're all <laughs> construction workers, on a high rise and uh, they're sitting at the top, you know, in the old photos in like the twenties when yeah, the workers- Rock, would, Rockefeller Center, yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. out on a girder with their lunch bucket. Yeah, so they're all sitting there uh, having their lunch and uh, the Asian guy opens up his bag and he looks at a sandwich and he says, oh man, tuna, I don't want tuna. If I get If I get tuna one more time, I'm gonna jump off of this girder or this beam or whatever. And then the, the white guy sitting next to him opens up his bag. Oh, ketchup sandwich. I want a ketchup sandwich. If I get this one more time, I'm going to jump off this beam. And then the newbie opens up his bag. Peanut butter. I don't want a peanut butter sandwich. If I get this one more time, if my wife makes this for me one more time, I'm going to jump off this beam. So the next day comes. They're back having their lunch on the same beam. The Asian guy opens up his sandwich and it's not tuna, it's something else. He says, oh, thank goodness. The white guy opens up his lunch and it's not ketchup, it's something else. He's like, oh, thank goodness. And the newbie opens up his lunch and it's peanut butter. He's like, oh, peanut butter again? He jumps off and kills himself. The next day, the police went to go talk to all the wives about the sandwiches that they made for their husbands. So the police went to the uh, the guy from Newfoundland's home to talk to his wife. And she was like, what are you talking about? He makes his own lunch. He makes his own sandwiches. <laughs> that's, that's the joke. We, we apologize in advance. Um. <laughs> that's the, that's the, I told you, I, I'm not good at telling jokes. And the only inappropriate joke that I do know, which you just heard, is not good. So Yeah, I, I, I guess you're not good at picking jokes either. No. <laughs> well, I'll tell one that doesn't involve uh, anyone's race well, or I, ethnicity I only, like, it, or it was, location. It wasn't racist. I just had to choose like three different people. So I have this one where a guy comes home unexpectedly at lunchtime to his apartment, and he lives in a high rise. And he opens the door, and he walks in, and his wife is there as she should be as she normally would be because she she's uh working at home or whatever it is she does and she's all out of breath and kind of flushed and she's appears to be straightening up her clothing and stuff like that and he has not an overly suspicious guy but he's wondering like what's this all about so he puts the questions to her 
and he's not happy with the answers. Like she's doesn't look him in the eye and she looks very nervous. So he starts looking around the house and he starts looking under beds and in closets looking for a guy, the, the purported uh, possible lover. And uh, his wife is telling him to stop. It's, there's no one here. There's nothing wrong. And he looks under the beds. And he looks in the closet. He looks in the bathroom, pulls the shower curtain. And the more he looks and the no results, he's getting angrier and angrier and angrier. He goes over to the window in the big living room and opens it from the 20th floor. And he starts huffing furniture out the window. He picks up the couch and out goes the couch. And he picks up the chair and out goes the chair. And he, and he throws the coffee table. Then he throws the dining room table. And he goes over to the fridge and he unplugs the fridge and he rolls it across and he puts it up on its edge and he pushes the fridge out. And just then he feels this gigant, gigantic pain in his chest. And the next thing he knows, he's, he's in heaven standing in line at the pearly gates, St. Peter. And uh, he's standing there like, oh my goodness, I must have had a heart attack or something. And I said, man, I, I guess I really lost my mind there. And it was too bad because there was obviously no one in the apartment. So he's trying to make conversation while he's in line. There's a guy behind him. Well, no, a guy just in front of him, actually. He says, uh, how'd you get here? And the guy says, I have no idea. He's the last thing I remember, I was hiding in this fridge. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's, that's my joke. That's pretty good. Oh, I actually like that one. Yeah. I kind of see where it was going, but yeah. I, I apologize. No, that was good. It was way better than mine <laughs> and way less offensive. Yeah, like you, you'll probably get some commentary from... Uh, well, I just had, I, need, I had a way to, I needed a way to separ uh, differentiate the, the people. Yeah, but... It didn't have to be a white guy. Well, because could, yeah, like, it could have been like, anyone. Oh, there's a Newfoundlander and a white guy. <laughs> like, Newfoundlanders are a different shade of people. No, no, I just, like... I just meant like a, you know what I mean? I, like... I know what you mean, but it's not what you said. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, it's all in good fun, folks. So. Yes, definitely. And, okay, I'll tell one that actually impacts on us. Sure. All right? Because we're of Scottish heritage for the mm. most part. Scots people are known to be very... Uh, Tight with their money, put it that way. Very, mm -hmm. very miserly. Shyster. No, no. Shyster would, you know, ripping off other people and stuff like that. So more of a miser. A miser is someone who who's, uh, just keeps all his money. Okay. But he doesn't keep other people's money, just his own. So one day in this uh, church, let's say somewhere in the United States, uh, they get to the point where they pass the collection plate around and how churches work is they get their money through donations from people who go to services. So they pass this plate around. People put, sometimes it's cash money or coins. Sometimes it's a check in an envelope or whatever it might be. So the, the plate circulates all throughout the church and comes back up. And then the pastor or the minister will bless the donations, you know, to the, to the further the work of the Lord or whatever it might be. So this one day, the, uh, the preacher looked down and saw some fives and some twenties and a few envelopes and a couple of dollar bills or whatever. And he looks down, and he sees three pennies in the plate. And he thought, I'll make a joke here. So he says to the congregation, he says, I see we must have a Scotsman in the church with us today. <laughs> and this voice comes from the back, aye, three. <laughs> so there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we make fun of you ourselves probably more than I hope so than anyone else so yeah. it's it's literally all in good fun yeah that's sure. that's the only way these jokes really work well is if you're yeah. willing to take the heat yourself and uh, tell the joke yourself before someone else can do it on you yeah we we done Canadian accents all all the time on this oh, channel yeah. oh, so yeah. we make fun of ourselves more than anyone else and 
Yeah, I'll look at fun. Yeah, and Newfoundland is an absolutely it's gorgeous. You haven't been to Newfoundland yet, but no, I've been I haven't. there several times, and it's unbelievable. If unbelievable. You, if you guys guys want to see how amazing Newfoundlanders are, go on YouTube and search um, Newfoundland Airport Kitchen Party. Now, a kitchen party in Newfoundland is basically exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. It's a party in the kitchen, but everyone plays music, sings along. And in this specific video that you'll probably find as the first result, uh, there was a delay in an airport flying back from their vacation or something like that? Or? Yeah, they were. It, it was at Pearson in Toronto, I yeah, think. Yeah, Pearson Airport. And it was a flight destined for Newfoundland, mm-hmm. and it was going to be late or or canceled altogether because of like weather. That. Yeah. And, and there, was, there was just a whole bunch of... Newfoundlanders stranded in the airport. Yeah, they're all sitting there in the departure lounge waiting for their flight to St. John's and decided to make the best of it. Yeah, so they just started playing music. And it's an incredible video. And it's the music is great. That's a, like, that is the perfect example of how uh, Newfoundlanders are. Mm-hmm. And they're just so warm, so kind, and uh, just love to have a good time. So. And there's a lot of uh, British and Irish tradition in Newfoundland. Yeah, lots of Irish. Lots sure. of Irish. In fact, St. Patrick's Day in Newfoundland is a provincial holiday. Yeah. They, everyone just takes the day off. Schools close, everything. Like, that, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and they, they do it up. <laughs> they get it, liquored. Yeah, Newfoundlanders are known for their ability to have a good time. Yeah. And they have a great time. Another great story that also involves an airport is after 9-11. Oh, yes. When all, or actually during 9-11, not really after, but there were a whole bunch of planes in the air that day, many of them coming across the ocean, and the FAA decided to shut down the airspace altogether because they couldn't tell which planes were safe and which ones were were dangerous. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, none of the others were hijacked, but they didn't know that at the time. So they shut down U.S. airspace, and every plane in the air was ordered to land at the nearest available airport. And Gander, Newfoundland used to be a very busy international airport because back in the days when airplanes couldn't carry enough fuel, they weren't efficient enough to fly all the way across the ocean, they would often stop in Gander for fuel and then take off again and go the rest of the way on their journey. So Gander was a massive airport, but not a very big town. Mm. Like the locals were a few thousand people, but the airport was the size of JFK, Mm. really. And I'm not exaggerating there, it was huge. At least the runway surfaces were huge. So when 9-11 began and they started closing down the airspace, a dozen or 18 or a whole bunch of these big, heavy, passenger jets that were coming across the Atlantic, destined for New York, Washington, Philadelphia, Boston, Mm. Chicago, they had to land at the nearest decent-sized available airport, and that was Gander. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, thousands of passengers landed in Gander that day, and Gander didn't have enough hotel rooms, they didn't have enough facilities, food, anything like that, to house these people. But the locals all converted a local, I think it was a hockey arena, into a reception center. Mm-hmm. They had cots, they had beds, they made food, they entertained people, they, they brought them into their houses for the most part. People, you know, oh yeah, come on in, you got a family of five, you can stay at our place. Yeah. You can stay in our room and we'll sleep in the couch. And it was unbelievable. Uh, and they were there, they were several days before they were allowed to leave. So they were stranded in a way, but loved every minute of it. And several of the American passengers who were uh, treated so nicely in Gander, they've started up scholarships for school children at Gander. Mm. Uh, They've gone back to visit. They've raised money to help the community out because the community was just so loving and so great to them. 
and the Broadway musical Come From Away was written about that, and I think it's still playing in New York. Oh. And uh, it's, it, it tells the story in an entertaining musical sense of all the things that happened that day. Like, they, they all woke up that morning, you know, buddy's driving the school bus, dropping the kids off, and then by the end of the day, he's using that school bus to take people from all over mm. the world to a hockey rink. Yeah, they do anything for anyone. They're fantastic. They treat people like family. Yeah. And, uh, Newfoundland joined Canada in 1949. Yeah. Prior to that, they were a, an independent, separate colony. And uh, Canada was instantly much better when that happened. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah, so I definitely want to visit it sometime soon. It's, it's a beautiful. They have a park there. It's called... Grossmorn. Grossmorn, yeah. It's, Unbelievable. It's beautiful. And you've been to Cape Breton. You've posted some nice uh, Instagram photos from your trip to Cape Heck Breton yeah, personal year. selfish shout-out. Go follow me on Instagram, N-E-I-L-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or two R's two R's at the end. <laughs> and you'll find when you get to Grossmorn, and it's actually on the western side of Newfoundland. So if you went to Sydney, Cape Breton, mm. and took the ferry, it's only a few hours north of the ferry that you're in Grossmorn. Even though St. John's, which is on the eastern end of the island, is hours and hours and hours away. It's right. a long car trip, dodging a lot of moose. Grossmorn is fairly close by, just north of Cornerbrook. It's beautiful. It's unbelievable. It's all, I've been there. It's you great. almost feel like you're in a different country from from the pictures that I've seen. Sometimes even a different planet. Like it looks like New Zealand or something. Yeah. There's some rock fields that look like the moon. Yeah. Almost. It's it's really tremendous. Mm, that's why they call it the rock. So The rock. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess that wraps up this podcast. Uh, we're coming up on about an hour and 15 minutes. Ooh. So it's pretty good. Time flies. Um, if you're offended by any of those jokes, I apologize, but hopefully not. If you're uh, d- disappointed because the jokes weren't very good, <laughs> I apologize too. <laughs> uh, so thanks for listening on iTunes or Google Play. Thanks for watching on YouTube if you are. I uh, hope you can subscribe if you're new. Hope you can like the video if you liked it. And uh, once again, thank you so much to the Patreon members for contributing over the past six months. And uh, if you plan on contributing on Patreon coming up in the upcoming months, uh, we really appreciate that as well. And your your contributions will definitely be going into uh, the channel for, for upgrades for everything that we do here. So I really appreciate everyone listening and uh, hope everyone's having a good day. And hope you all are watching a lot of hockey. So we'll see you in the next podcast. Adios. <laughs>